Our scripture reading today is from the book of Matthew, chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. King Herod called a meeting of all the leading priests and teachers of the law and asked them where the Christ would be born. They answered, in the town of Bethlehem in Judea. The prophet Micah wrote about this in the scriptures. God's word for God's people. Today we're going to talk about a sermon titled, Finding Christmas Love. One of the things that I love the most about Christmas is the Christmas plays. And next Sunday evening, we'll be having the children's play at 6 o'clock here at the church. And there's going to be lots of singing and lots of cool little songs and having fun. There was once a children's night with Santa Claus. And each of the kids got to ask Santa a question. Each of the children asking a question, one of them said, Why do you live at the North Pole? Another one asked, Why do you only come once a year? And another one asked, How did you meet Mrs. Santa Claus? And when they came to this one little boy, he just kind of froze and he said nothing. The audience waited and waited and waited. And suddenly he says, I liked the elf better. (laughs) That's great, isn't it? Kids can say the funniest things. I just love what kids do sometimes. You know, Christmas is the most advertised time of the year. It's the most commercialized holiday in the world. Nothing else comes close to the amount of attention that Christmas gets. They start putting stuff out right before Halloween. It is the most celebrated holiday of the year. Christmas decorations... Christmas lights, Christmas parades, Christmas cards, Christmas carols and hymns, Christmas cookies, Christmas gifts, Christmas shopping, Christmas pageants, Christmas parties. And the list goes on and on. There's one thing I've noticed is that there is less and less in Christmas is Christ. In fact, unless you come to church, you might miss that Christmas is about Christ altogether. So what I want to talk to you today about is the reason we have Christmas in the first place. Let's start with the innkeeper. Busy, busy, busy. Busyness is the first reason why some people will miss Christmas. This was the innkeeper's mistake at the very first Christmas. You know the story. In the last week of her pregnancy, Mary and Joseph have to go to their hometown of Bethlehem. They live in a city called Nazareth in Israel, and they have to go to their hometown called Bethlehem. And so this little tiny town where they're going to take part in the census for taxation with the Roman government. And so when they get to Bethlehem, Mary goes in to labor. And Joseph tries to find a room at the local Holiday Inn. 
The innkeeper comes out and he says, sorry, no vacancies. We're all filled up. There's no room in the inn. We're all filled up. Luke chapter 2 verse 7 tells it like this. So Mary gave birth to her firstborn, a son, and wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger. Now a manger is simply a food trough. It's, it's a bucket or, or basket or box that would place uh, grain in and they would feed the cows or the donkeys or other livestock. And so when Mary lays her baby in a manger, it's nothing fancy. It's a feed box for animals. It's as humble of a birth as you could possibly have. And she places him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. Think about those words for just a moment. No room. There's no room in the end. From the innkeeper's perspective, this was actually a good thing because business is booming. If you own a motel, you want it to be sold out. You want no vacancies. You want to have no empty rooms. And so he's thinking, this is good. Business is booming this Christmas. Of course, it wasn't Christmas yet. <laughs> but this was good for business. They're having a census. People are coming back to their hometown. And there's no place for them to stay. We're all booked up. So this is good news for the innkeeper. He has no use for this pregnant woman or this little baby boy. And he certainly has no idea who he is snubbing. The point is this. Busyness in your own business causes him to miss the greatest opportunity in his life. The Son of God was going to be born at his end. He could have put a sign out. God's son was born here. And he would have had his room sold out for the rest of his life. He missed it. Literally, the greatest opportunity that he possibly could have had. God in the form of human coming to earth. And he could have been a part of that. He could have been a part of that history. But he missed it because he was too busy with his own business. Are you too busy with your own business to make room for Jesus in Christmas? Are you too busy to find Christmas love? I'm talking about your schedule. I'm talking about your thoughts. I'm talking about your time and your energy and your budget and your plans. Are you too busy with everything else that you don't have room for Christ in Christmas. The second reason people miss Christmas is familiarity. That was the religious leader's problem. What I mean by this is you are so familiar with the Christmas story, it doesn't inspire you anymore. It doesn't amaze you anymore. You've heard it all before. You've celebrated Christmas your entire life. 
You know the story of Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus. The story of the angels that were singing unto God in the highest. You've heard the story about the shepherds and the wise men. You've been there. You've done that. I know the story. I know the songs. I know the tradition. So I lack enthusiasm. And really my whole attitude toward Christmas is oh hum. One of the ways you win your loved ones and your friends to Christ and salvation is through your excitement. You share with them about how you find Jesus. You tell them about where you meet Jesus in your own lives. And you are so excited about that that they want to hear more about what's going on in God in your life. People come to church because you invite them. You have a relationship with someone outside of the church. You say, hey, why don't you join me at church this Sunday? And afterward, we'll go out and see a movie together. Or maybe we'll go out to eat. Why don't you join me at church and afterward we'll go out and shop? Or why don't you come with me to church and then you can come over to my house and we'll watch the ball game. Amen? Hello? And so you invite people that you know because you want to see that person experience the true meaning of Christmas. But first, let's get together at church because I care about you. I care about your eternal salvation. This is the only one who can straighten your life out is Jesus Christ. Jesus is an amazing being. But you can become so familiar with something that it's just not amazing anymore. And you miss the beauty. And you think, oh, I understand it all. And you take it for granted. And you see it, but you don't really get it. The mistake of familiarity was the mistake of another group of people in the first Christmas. That is the religious leaders of Jerusalem. It's interesting to me that God came to earth in human form, the Son of God being born. And it's interesting to me that not a single religious leader is going to worship. Not one. Not one religious authority. There was not one priest. Not one scribe, not one theologian, not one philosopher. None of them were there. None of them are going to the worship party. They missed it. They missed it because it was such a familiar story. Let me give you the picture. The Bible tells us that wise men from the east came because they had been following a star. They were from the east and they started heading toward Israel. They had looked up all of the prophecies. They had looked in the sacred scrolls. They had measured the time and the, where Jesus would be born. They knew that the Savior was coming into the world. And so these wise men, they paid attention. They saw something unusual. They said, let's go check it out. These wise men came. And so these wise men journey for a great distance. They arrive in Jerusalem and they ask for a meeting with the King of Israel. And the first question they ask is, where is the Savior of the world? Where is the Messiah? Where's the Anointed One? Where's the Holy Son of God? Where's the baby 
that is supposed to be born. And Herod doesn't have the slightest idea. Here's the king of Israel. He doesn't know anything about this. So he calls for his religious leaders in the middle of the night. And he asks them to teach him about this. There's a king that is to be born of the Jews. And after all, the king Herod hears these things. Once they say there's another king, there is a king who is going to be born in this land, all Herod hears is blah, 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 blah. The religious scholars knew exactly who Jesus was. They had been waiting for hundreds of years. They had been discussing it. They had been looking at the details. They had been debating it. They had been dissecting the law. They knew exactly what was going on. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 2, King Herod called for a meeting of the religious priests and leaders, teachers of the law, and he asked them where Jesus was to be born. And they answered him in Bethlehem of Judea. The prophet Micah has written about this in the Scriptures. I want you to notice something interesting about this verse in the Scripture. A lot of people in Israel at this time were familiar with this passage of Scripture. They knew it. They had been waiting for years for this to come true. They knew the promise that God had made. They had been waiting and waiting, and they knew exactly where Jesus was going to be born. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 5, verse 4, the Messiah, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, would be born in Bethlehem. Everyone knew this. They knew all the details. They were familiar with it all. And yet they were unimpressed, unconcerned. They were talking about it, but they did not act on it. They did not participate in it themselves. They missed finding the Christmas love. Christian love is the essence of God. Christian love is the presence of God's grace that we can all experience. You see, all manners of sin can be forgiven. And people often do stupid things. Things that if they could take it back, they'd do it over. And if they would stop and they would think, they would have done it differently. But they do things on a snap. They do it in the blink of an eye. They've made the wrong choice. And the Holy Spirit chastens them. The Holy Spirit disciplines us. The Holy Spirit, in fact, disciplines everyone who accepts Jesus Christ as God's Son. You've done things that were wrong. And the Holy Spirit starts making you feel awful. Everybody knows what you've done. And you think about quitting. You think about giving up. How can I go back to that church where everyone knows the things that I have done? Oh, I'll be so embarrassed. But that's what the church is for. An opportunity to show God's grace an opportunity to show God's love. Instead of gossiping and talking about how someone is screwed up, the church is a place to love on them. 
When someone comes in and you know they've made a mistake, go over and hug them and love on them. Encourage them. Say, oh, we're so glad that you made it back. Forgiven people forgive people. You don't have to hold it against them. I am so thankful to be part of a church like that. Aren't you? And the people make mistakes, but they can find Christmas love. There is love in this place. Do you know how far Bethlehem is from Jerusalem? It's just five miles. They were just five miles away from the birth of the Son of God. They were familiar with the story. This can happen to us today in the life of the church. We've studied all about the birth of Christ. You've heard preaching. Why, you've heard sermons. You've heard the Christian story. You've heard it over and over again. But you can miss it because you think, I already know it all. You see, Jesus isn't about religion. He's about a relationship. We have so many traditions that surround Christmas. There's the tradition of Santa Claus. There's the tradition of Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer. While there's a tradition about Frosty, the snowman. And there's a tradition about Elf on a Shelf. Today we have a lot of traditions. People will put up lights. They'll party with eggnog. They'll send out cards. They'll put up big yard inflatables. They'll decorate a tree. They'll even give gifts. Well, all of these things has become a family tradition, but they miss it. Why? Because they are so familiar with the tradition, they've lost the meaning of the season. There's a third reason why most people miss Christmas. You see, the day after Jesus was born, it was not a headline. It was not part of BNN News. That's Bethlehem News Network. The reason why so many people missed Christmas was because of fear. King Herod missed Christmas because of fear. Fear is the third reason why a lot of people miss Christmas today. They are actually afraid of Christmas. That's why they fight against it. That's why people fight against Christmas. They fight against the nativity scene. They even fight against Charlie Brown. It's why lawsuits are filed. It's because they're afraid of the message of Christmas. This was the government's problem and the reason why they missed Christmas 2,000 years ago. And it was King Herod's problem. Herod is the king of Israel. He's actually a Roman citizen, but he was of Arab descent. He was not a Jew. And so he had come into Jerusalem, he had taken over the town, and appointed himself the king. The Jews didn't like this. He was given the title, the king of the Jews, but he was an Arab. And so he was working under Roman authority to suppress the Jews. And Herod was afraid of Christmas because he was afraid of anybody who might threaten his kingdom. Anybody who might threaten his reign. Anybody who might threaten him as being the king. 
In fact, he was so paranoid about people who tried to overthrow him that he had people around him killed. He had his own wife killed. He had his own mother killed. He had his two sons killed. He had his brother-in-law killed. And five days before he died, he had the rest of his children killed because he was afraid that they would succeed him in his kingdom. He had all kinds of prominent Jews and people around Israel thrown in prison. He was crazy. And when the wise men showed up, and they said there was a baby that was born in the area that would become king of the Jews, he goes ballistic. He goes nuclear. In fact, he has all of the baby boys in Bethlehem, two years and younger, murdered. It's called the Massacre of Innocence. He was very afraid of Christmas and what was happening at Christmas. Now I know you might not be that afraid. The Bible says 1 John 4.18, there's no fear in love. Perfect love cast out all fear. And God is perfect. Jesus the Son is perfect. The Holy Spirit is perfect. And so when you have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I don't think you have anything to be afraid of. I'm on the winning team. I have something to talk about. I'm not perfect, but I have three perfect examples living in my heart. There's an old cartoon about Ziggy. Ziggy is standing in front of the familiar vending machine. And there's a sign that says, Reasons to Live, 50 cents. You see, you were created for a purpose. You're sacred. The God of the universe wants to spend some time with you. It doesn't matter where you're born or what your background is, rich or poor, or whether your parents abandoned you or loved you. Your siblings could be wishing you were dead. It doesn't matter. God doesn't forget you. God sent His Son to be born in Bethlehem to love you. And He wants to get to know you. Why not begin this Christmas by finding Christmas love and claiming that love? Claim it for your home. Claim Christmas love for your friends. Tell them about Christ's love. Let's bow our heads and let us pray.